The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. This is Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Hope your Thursday's going well and you had a good day. Getting closer to the weekend. Phone number reaches 312-332-3776. Play a little Luke Getzi here in a little bit. We have not played any of that. A lot of people what did upset. he have to say today? A lot of people upset at uh, the Bears play calling. I know uh, Will Bond was last week. I know a lot of Bears fans, especially the Justin Fields fans, hold them most responsible for holding fields back. I know we have a caller who wants to discuss that here coming up here in just a little bit. Talked a little bit about Jim Harbaugh in the last hour, about uh, what the Big Ten will do, um, and uh, if they'll let this play out, then handle it after the season, maybe do a retroactive punishment, because whatever they do will benefit the Big Ten. Or if they'll handle this uh, quickly. Remember, there's also like a contract extension conversation that needs to be decided up there as well with Jim. Because there was conversation about a long-term gigantic contract extension for him. I don't know if it's completely on hold or not, but that's something they've got to decide up at Ann Arbor, too. And if you would consider him um, wanting him as your coach. And not necessarily... Whether you liked him or not before this, like whether you think he's God's gift to coaching, does this, as far as what he's done, take him out of your consideration solely on this? Or would you consider a coach based on what you've heard uh, with the Michigan stuff? 312-332-3776 on that. Um, and then we're going to be out in less than a week. I told you a little bit earlier we're going to be at Twin Peaks Oak Brook Terrace next Wednesday. So giving you some good notice here. Next Wednesday, November 8th, we'll be at the Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. Where's that at? What's the address? It's, it's, it's on 22nd Street in Oak Brook Terrace. How's that for you? That's perfect. That's where we're going to be. So uh, next Wednesday, text your buddies, uh, say, hey, just heard our buddies Waddle and Sylvie say they're going to be at the Twin Peaks near us. We need to be there two to six, eats, drinks, scenic views. They've got the beer at uh, cool 29 degrees, cold 29 degrees, ice cold 29 degrees. Uh, Bill is in Park Ridge. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Billy? Hey, gentlemen. Happy Thursday to you. Thanks for taking my call. You got uh, you, Bill. I got kind of a two-parter here. Uh, the second part's going to be pretty short. I think I'll put it on the tail end. But I, maybe I'm late to the conversation or the table as far as hearing uh, reaction to the Owen Krutz comment about Justin Fields. Um, be, if he was Justin Fields, he would want out of Chicago um, and that they should take uh, – you know, whoever they can get to be a pocket passer because that's what the Bears want. Um, number one, I guess, is what do you guys think of that comment? Uh, I mean, do, are we I, looking for just strictly a pocket passer? I have uh, participated in that conversation with Olin. Um, 
Look, Olin has forgotten more football than than I'll ever remember or know. Um, <laughs> but I, look, I this is where this is a new. As you've said, everything Bears related is a nuanced conversation. As I interpreted what yeah. Olin said, was is that that they don't do enough to cater to what Justin does well, and I can buy into that to a certain degree. And this is just my opinion. I believe that when you do that, you've heard me say this to the point where you're probably so tired of hearing me say this that you don't want to hear me say this again. But when you tailor an offense to a particular player to get him on the edge and to cut a field in half and do a lot of the stuff that he does well, I think it puts an artificial ceiling on a quarterback. And ultimately, I don't know how far you can go with a guy that does just that. Um I think that agreed, that, but, but would but, you also agree that he was more of a pocket passer at Ohio? Well, this that's the that's the point is is that what happened last year to me is still something that my brain is trying to process because he was a fabulous player at Ohio State as yeah. a pocket passer. Now he was right. mobile, but he was not the same dynamic runner of the football in college as he was last year. And I would also add, Bill, that the two best games that he has played this year, the majority of that success came from the pocket. Now, I would agree. When they get to the the red zone, whether you like Luke Getzey or hate Luke Getzey, I think that's when Luke, for the most part, has been at his best with creative play calling. Justin has a ton of quarter or of touchdown passes in the red zone where the pocket is moved and he's using his ability to get left and right. And like the, I think there have been a lot of really well-designed plays in the red zone. So I don't think that that's been a problem for me. But again, I go back to the Denver game. I go back to the Washington game where everyone was excited about what they saw from the quarterback. And the majority of that success all came from the pocket. So my point, Bill, is, is that I'm good with with getting him out and using him more in some of these roles and doing that stuff because he's ridiculously accurate when he is on the move. But at the end of the day, teams are game planning for him differently. So he's going to have to be able to play from the pocket to get to where they want to go. And I've seen him do it. So Yeah, and I agree. And that, but that's what I'm trying to – the point that I was trying to make was like, okay, we've seen him play as a pocket passer at Ohio. So – uh, or the Ohio State. I don't want to offend anybody. Right. But, I mean, so I guess, you know, when Owen was like, we need to find uh, somebody that's a pocket passer because that's the bear, what the Bears want, it's like, bro, you've got a pocket passer, so, you know, what what is the problem? I mean, is it is it Justin Fields or is it coaching? Well, I personally believe it's been both. I, I've said for, for, for weeks and months that it's shared culpability. Look, I'm not disputing what, you know, Olin's point. I think Olin does make a good point because I think when Justin has looked really confident, he is on the edge sometimes throwing those, those, you know, out routes when, when he's on the move. The, the problem is, is teams are game planning for them differently. That, that read option that he runs so well, that end of the line defender isn't crashing anymore he's staying upfield and so the ball's got to stay in the belly of the running back so i look i don't know you may when people say if he went let's just say he goes to a team like atlanta with arthur smith Mm -hmm. or somewhere else think about all the vacancies there are gonna be for quarterbacks i'm not gonna sit here and try to talk you out of of your thought if the way you feel that way that he would be a more consistently better difference-making quarterback in somebody else's system. I will not say, I will not tell you that that's wrong. I just don't know if in this day and age, 
that you can get to where you want to go by just manufacturing something that makes your quarterback comfortable because ultimately you got to come back and be able to play from everywhere. I go back to Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson was the MVP of the league in his second year. It wasn't because he was always playing on the edge. It was because he threw 36, what was it, 38 touchdown passes from everywhere. You've got to be able to do it all. And that's it. Josh Allen was the same way. Josh Allen can throw from anywhere. Jalen Hurts recently. It's not just all on the edge. It's also from the pocket. So, look, it's just has been dealt a bad hand. I will not argue against those that feel that way. It hasn't been perfect. There hasn't been a ton of talent in this huddle. But I can't absolve him of, of missing open receivers and holding onto the ball too long and you know, playing a, a position or playing the position in a manner in which it puts his own health at risk. He hasn't been able to stay healthy because he plays a physical style game. So it is, as you say, a very nuanced conversation that I think takes longer than five right, or ten minutes right. to get to the bottom it, of it. It's amazing that people just want to fight and say it's this way or it's that way. Yeah. That it's just this or it's just that. That it's all on the Bears or it's or Justin sucks. Because Justin doesn't suck. No, he doesn't. And it's not just the Bears' fall, but the Bears' coaches should not have their jobs next year, though, either. But Justin has. There's a lot of things right. that Justin could have done better. No doubt. And things that he needs to improve on. You have to be a multiplier. You have to be someone who provides solutions. and. Even when the play may not be great or even when the blocking in front of you may not be perfect, the really good quarterbacks that stay around forever and get paid handsomely are the guys that make plays even when trouble is developing in front of him or around him. Southside Vic, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Vic? Hey, what's up, guys? Vic? How y'all doing, man? Everything's good. I got a passenger in the car with me, so... Bear with me. Okay. Who's in your? Who, oh, is, are you the Uber driver? I'm, I'm the Lyft driver. Lyft, Lyft driver. driver. Okay. Very good. All right. Yeah. Now, now wait a minute. Do you? Now, do you? When you're a driver for the for the services, do you have to pick one, or can you? Or can you be a driver for both? Well, you can't drive. You can you can do either or. But you can't do them at the same time. Really? Because I've seen like some of the drivers have both signs in their window, like for Lyft and for Uber. It's, it's a doggy dog world. So you people are greedy, man. Okay. It's, so you can do both. You can definitely do both. All right. No, I was calling. I'm a diehard Bears fan, man. And I'm going to my third trip in a row. I'm leaving going on to, to New Orleans tomorrow. Oh, nice. Tomorrow morning from oh, the nice. airport. So I'll be down there rooting for my Bears, man. So I'm a diehard. So hopefully we don't get blew out again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's a great. Have you ever, Vic? Have you ever been to the Superdome? Uh, no, actually I haven't. No. It is a fantastic place for a football game. It is much oh, really? friendlier for the home team than it is the road team. But Bears fans oh, travel wow. like yourself, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's cool, pretty cool. Cool. Because cool. I had called you guys a couple of years ago. When I was going to Tampa, and I had talked to Sylvie because I know he was going. He had took his kids down there. Yeah, I took and I my had told him to give me to give me on the field, right? And what did I tell you? Give me down on the field in Tampa. And what did I say to you? <laughs> you said hell no. <laughs> <laughs> said I don't have that power. How does uh, I thought you did? It was hard. How does your passenger feel about you calling into Waddle and Sylvie during the ride? He can, he can say something. Go ahead, Pat. Oh, he's all good. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. 
Five stars. Five stars for uh, our guy, Southside Vic. You hear? <laughs> Most definitely. And, I'm on the South, Southeast side right now. And, and, and 25% tip in there. The highest uh, tip rating. You heard that, right? Okay. Yeah. There's your land clear. All right, good. <laughs> Vic, travel safe down right, there. Guys. Have a good trip. I will. Thanks a lot. See you, Vic. There's Vic. Driving left. Do you use By the way, you're not allowed to get anybody. The number of people that are allowed on the field in in an NFL game after a certain time is completely controlled by the league. So if Vic thought that you could get him out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean. I'm not even allowed on the field anymore. I'm not allowed. That is totally controlled by the league. It's not controlled by the team. I don't even think my credential gets me on the field these days. I walk through the tunnel before the game. Like I'm supposed to be there, right? And and I, they've let me go. They've let me go, and right. I get, I just get like some video. But the rules before the probably game. are there. Yeah, it's I don't not, think I'm yeah. I'm allowed to be there. I think it's all league control. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, do you do? You, oh, you don't you don't know Uber and Lyft. You usually have someone get that for you, or do you do it I yourself? Have not, uh, I'm a, I can't remember last time I took an Uber ride. Because I have both. I usually uh, I do cross-check. Do you? Charlie, Kevin, do you guys cross-check a Uber Lyft? A thousand percent. I do it anytime, anytime I'm running late. I always cross-check. And then sometimes I'll, I'll cross-check the time because it'll be like yes. 14 minutes away on one and three minutes on the other. What I find is usually Lyft is cheaper, but Lyft is usually a longer wait. Is that what you usually find? I think so. Um, I've noticed the availability has been a lot harder to find them lately. Like, I think wait times have increased or something because hmm. I found myself just like, God, one's 17 minutes, the other's 14 minutes. I, and then I just take the bus instead. Cause, What's your Uber rating? Oh, gosh. We went, I think I did this with Black and Abdallah. I forget yeah, what did. it is. Charlie, you want to make some money? Yes. I'll give you $100 if you can guess. You got to guess both right. Okay. The last year I took an Uber trip in the city in which I was, I took the, the Uber trip. So you got to get the right year in the right city wait, for $100. Wait, wait, you're, wait, what are you looking for? The last time I took an Uber. I have it on my phone. And, and the city so in the which you took the year and the city in which I took the trip. That is very, very was precise. Of course it is. Was it Cleveland? That's why it's $100, Ooh. Kevin. Was it Cleveland 2016? It was not Cleveland 2016. I'll give you two more guesses. Kevin, don't poo-poo everything, okay? I'm not poo-pooing. You are. I'm not. You're poo-pooing. You're very poo-pooing. angry today, You're poo-pooing. Kevin. Very angry. I can angry. smell the I'm poo-poo coming angry. from you. You guys are trying to Sing put this song. negative energy Are you on. always this, this angry? Me. I'm in a great mood. Sing the song for me. I'm ready for some some yeah. bourbon and bacon. Tell yeah. me about tell me about this song. What do you, what kind of song um, were you guys? No, we no, just no, like we were trying to get me in trouble. No, we were just in there kind of uh what do you call it? Just kind of uh riffing. Riffing. Yeah. Was what and we were you doing. guys wanted to do a holiday parody song on the Here Comes the Boom song? I don't know if it was a holiday parody song, but just, you know, kind of we were riffing it. Was it because of the the Bears theme song that we run on the Bears Radio Network? Yeah. And I was laughing my ass off listening to Kevin. Can I get a little of that, Charlie? Because he's afraid he's going to get in trouble. Waddle is requesting this for the holiday parody song. Charlie, did you come up with that? Give me a little sample of the song that we're talking about. Here comes the boom. (laughs) Something like that. 
I wanted the real song so people could hear what the real song sounds like. Oh, he'll never pass up an opportunity to show off those pipes, though, yeah. on the air. You know, he's got beautiful and then singing you can voice. Give it to me. But then you got to make it a Christmas-type song. By the way, Charlie, last Uber I took was in, in 2019 in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, I was going to say Boston. Chapel Hill, North Carolina. That would have been wrong. Boston would have been wrong. Come on, Kev. Give us now the coach was fired. Sliding into DMs. Whoa. Whoa. Now the coach is fired. So you guys get the leeway. I, I can't I can't play like that. I need this job. I think we all do. I think we all need it. By the way, just to bring it back a little bit, four point nine rating over here on Lyft. So I, don't, I, don't, I got a I don't, five zero on Lyft. Ooh. I don't. I don't doubt that, Kevin. So were you? Were you like taking college tours or something, Waddle? Is that why? No, I North was Carolina? visiting my, was, my brother-in-law. And okay, I, 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 that I, was my, I took an Uber to the airport. I'm four eight six. I don't know what happened. That was my forty time. Yeah, I don't know. I must have been a bad a bad passenger. At one yeah, I'm point. like four seven on Uber. Not good. Are you really? Yeah, I told you, but before I was like a four six eight, and I've been slowly rising. What would lead you to not have a good grade? Are you in there just cussing I people? I, I think I had a bad uh, an experience, a bad experience. Yeah, when I, it first came out. Yeah, I think like what'd you do? One bad one can really taint yeah. your average. Yeah, had a little dairy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. <laughs> Let's take more, more of these calls. Mike is in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. What's up, Mikey? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Mike. So I have a, I had a feel-good story. Um, so Sunday, my family and I, my three girls, Waddle, we're all going to go to a, to a nonprofit organization out in Charlotte that rescues uh, you know dogs in bad situations. We're going to get ourselves a bulldog. Awesome. That would make you feel better. It but, does, hey, I, I do have a question. Yes. Wait, wait, you should name I, I so wait, wait, are you adopting a dog? So we're going to rescue a dog. So, yes, it'll be an adoption. So you should name it Waddle. It's a, it's a, it's a girl. That's okay. It's, I think Waddle would have, be good. Well, there are five Still, Waddles. There are yeah. six Waddles in my house that are all female. I, I, might, tell you, I might take you up on that. I'll, sh- yeah. I'll shoot you a picture on Instagram. There you go. Hey, a, a quick question. Um, who do you think, I mean, there's not, we're hearing Chico's going to get relieved of his duties in, in Washington. Where does that leave Eric the enemy? And do you think that he would be someone that the Bears would look at that could potentially take this team in his current form a little bit further than where we're headed right now? I think, I Mike, I think, um, I think if, if Ron gets bounced in Washington, I think that job is probably is the enemy's. Or he'll be one of the first to to get a, an opportunity to interview for that job. Um, so you, I, my guess would be if Ron is not wor- does not have that job going forward, that there's a really good chance that Eric Bieniemy could take over. You that think job. so? I do. I think there is. And by the way, his his concept. If if I had unlimited resources, I would buy so much land, and I would take every dog that didn't have a home, and I'd give it a home on my land. That's my goal when I retire. Just have like doggy land. Just have doggy land. But you'd have to take care of all. Of, of course, I'd have myself and other people to take care of all. Right, because there's nothing worse than like that cat woman. Absolutely, who has all these cats. I'm and not tiger. I'm not the tiger all king. Over. Yeah, yeah, not the tiger king. I would do it the right way. Is my point. You is were that the, tiger the, the tiger king. I was the tiger king for Halloween. I was. 
That's a good memory. He's in, incarcerated now, isn't he? I thought he was. Never Maybe got not. into the Tiger oh, yeah. game. You didn't? One of the COVID things that I never got into. I, you know what? I don't think he really missed out. No, I watched one episode, was not interested. Joe Exotic is the man's name, by Joe the way. Joe Exotic. Very good. respect on him. Yeah, my bad. Is he incarcerated? Oh, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Big time. For a long time? Hey, he's not, he's he's not, not coming, coming back out for the holidays, no. Eddie in uh, Poplar Grove, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Eddie? Hey, what's going on, Tommy and uh, Sylvie? Eddie, what's up? Tommy, I tell you what, for being uh, Gino Capaletti's son-in-law, I'll tell you what. Yeah? You're one of the greatest bears there ever was. Bless you, Eddie. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll tell you what, two uh, two points. One is I love the Montez Switt trade. I think that's going to work out for him. And then two for Tommy. Yeah? What do you think about Jim Harbaugh? You think there's a chance? And you played with them. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Eddie, I like the sweat deal, too, as long as they get him signed to a contract extension. Uh, and Harbaugh, I, look, I, I need to see the details whenever the report comes out to give you a final thought on how I feel about it. Right now, I think the original rule that he you know, is allegedly guilty of breaking is a silly rule. It's still a rule. But I don't believe there's anything that I've read to this point that should lead to him not being a candidate for an NFL job if he chooses to leave. So, that's how I answer those two questions. Pretty good. Thanks for the call, Eddie. Keith and Batavia, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Keith? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Just love the show. I, uh, I just wanted to say it's maybe a dead topic, but I have brought my twin boys out to the game on Sunday uh, at SoFi, and I think two comments. The first is, there were so many Bears fans. It was unbelievable. Everywhere you look, there's jerseys, you know, of everybody, which just makes the product we're putting on the field that much more putrid. I mean, it was just, uh, it was terrible. But the second thing is, SoFi is magnificent. Like, I used to be a traditionalist, you know, been going to Soldier Field since I was a kid, and all Bears need to be in Chicago and down by the lake. Like, it completely changed my mind. The, the, the arena is just spectacular. What was the best part about it? Give me, give me, like, some of the details on what made it so great. You know, I think visually, first of all, you just walk into this place and it's fun. It's just architecturally, it, it's amazing. And, but I think even more so when you get in there, it, it you know, it's 75,000 people crammed into what feels like kind of a small space and the way they get the crowd going the screen the music it's just such a better experience and i would think you you know it's such a kind of a home crowd advantage it's just a really cool place to see and the thing about it these are chargers fans right no one is from la right and so you don't even have these diehards like you do in chicago it would just i just really hope they follow through on the stadium get that going it's just such a great place to see a I had the exact same feeling, thanks for the call, Keith, about uh, Allegiant Field in Las Vegas. Like, I was like, I, 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 this is what, I want this experience for my football team in Chicago. I don't care where you build it. You know, you could tweak it a little bit here, a little bit there. But, like, that was my first impression seeing that game against the Raiders a couple of years ago. I'm wondering what the losing with the football team and possible changes going on with a football team is doing with the stadium plans. 
It's a really good question. Like, is he still as focused on stadium plans, or has he now, because of all the crap that's been going on with the football team, can he still multitask? Or I think does you it, have to it, in that job. That's what it's required. Well, I know you have to, but building a stadium isn't something that you can really multitask with. No, you're right. But Especially I think, when you're picking a location and trying to pick designs for the stadium. I, I guess the best way to answer your question from my perspective is if if he is focused solely on the stadium at the end of this year and his he doesn't have a strong feeling as to the direction of his football team, I think he's, he's, he's missing out. I think that the football team and the direction of the football team after this year should take precedent in the, in the here and the now. Yeah, I would love for him to do like a, uh, uh, with us on the Bears radio network, a state of the union type address. Just even if he doesn't give endorsements for the coach or anything on just where everything is right now. Yeah. Are we closer to a stadium? Are we closer to a location? Has some of the losing taken his focus away from the stadium? Does he have control over making decisions on the general manager and the head coach? Is that still up to George? Is it still a, like, I, I want, would like to hear a lot. I would, I would love for him to sit down with us and have one of these conversations. I would love to have a mid-season update from him, just to, yeah. just to hear where he is at on a number of issues, even if he doesn't get overly specific with things. Yeah, I would hope he would do that with us. 312-332-3776. We'll take more of your phone calls, and then some of the best of Bob Knight. Um, obviously, he was one of the giants in uh, college basketball, and all of sports for that matter. And uh, when... He made news. He really made news. We'll play you some of the best uh, sound uh, throughout the years and some that dealt with uh, some of our personalities here. We'll play you that coming up next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Oh, there he is. He's back. What'd you do? Did you go take care of whatever was ailing you? I and just ail- went for some water. He was ailing us. Went for water. Yeah. Went number one. Did you? It was quick. Then go well. It went very well. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. We'll take more of your calls. Good call day two today. 312-332-3776. You want to hear some of uh, the best Bob Knight stuff we pulled? Yes, and, do we have any highlights from his lunch with a legend with us? I don't I think no. all that got erased. What do you what do you remember most about that? I remember I remember wearing a red sweater. I remember uh we were sitting in chairs, not like <laughs> behind a desk. You know how we did like the Bobby Knight I mean the uh the Bobby Hall Stan McKee? Yes, yes. We had like a table. You are right. We didn't have that for Bobby Knight. It was more of a relaxed environment. Yes, yes. I remember you were sweating like you stole something. He, like, very intimidating. But I, I think, like... And I remember him, like, I don't remember a lot of details, but I think he was fairly friendly and wasn't, like, acerbic right. or, like, mean-spirited. He wanted you, I heard Greeny talk about this, he he never cared if you liked him, he wanted you to respect yeah. him. Uh, and he also tested you. He tested you to want to, he wanted to make sure that you were going to be tough. Yeah. 
Like when, even if you talk to him, right? And, and and if you had a backbone, I I did something with him at the ninety fifth once at the signature room for it was an American Express thing, and I was nervous for that as well. Yeah, you know he is it's one of intimidating. The, he, he was an intimidating figure. He is one of those guys where you watched him your entire life growing up, and then as an adult. And you saw him throw the chair across. Mm-hmm. You saw all the rants. You saw him cutting down the nets. And then one of those figures that he is literally bigger than life. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and you're like, oh, I can't screw this up. Right. You know, and you know me, I, I always choke. No, you but, don't. You know, and, and you get nervous. So um, I'll, I'll always remember this cap. I've told you this story before. I've told the audience before. So if, if you've heard it, I apologize, but um, many of you may not have not heard this. When I first started in this business, I produced for you and Cap on Sports Central. And I don't know if you worked this day. It wasn't in the, in, in the Sports Central um, booth. It was in one of these side, like in B or C, where you guys used to do a show. And Cap was very close with. Bob Knight. Yeah. He had a great relationship yes. with Bob Knight. used to go Knight. see him down in Indiana. He had a great relationship. House. And it was I was still like maybe in my first year as a producer down the dial, 95, 96. And he said, hey, so the show came on, Sports Central came on at 7. Cap said to me, we're going to have Bob Knight on at, at 7.05, 7 o'clock. He was booked for 7. He goes, let, let us get started. Call him at like 7.03. And I said, okay, cool. He goes, this is his office number. He's going to pick up and then have him on with us. So I, I dialed the number, 7.03. And I said, hey, Coach Knight, it's Mark Silverman, WGN Radio. I'm calling uh, on behalf of David Kaplan and Tom Waddle. How are you doing? There's a pause. He goes, you're late. Do you remember this? Sorry? I do. I think so. I think I remember that. And I go, I, I'm really sorry. Uh, the guys wanted to get started. And, and, and then he interrupted me again. And he goes, you're late. And then I go, uh, I, I, I'm really sorry. And, like, I, I didn't know what to say. Like, what do you say? Like, Cap told me to call it. Yeah. You say after the third time, say, all right, I heard what you said. <laughs> like, and you wonder why you go after Cap. Cap got me in trouble as a young producer telling me to call Coach Knight at 7.03 for a 7 o'clock interview. Yeah, he hung you out to dry. <laughs> he hung you out to dry. But he sensed, you know, if you were weak, he would. Yes, yeah. yes. So, yeah. But what was I going to do Nothing. as a 23-year-old no. no, at the time? You couldn't do anything. Um, so just... the, here, here were a few um, bites. And these had to do a couple of Michael Jordan stories. And, and this one has been going around. This is obvious. This wasn't a Michael Jordan story, but this was one of his speeches back in the day. And obviously, after he passed away, this has resurfaced. When my time <laughs> on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Pretty good. Sounded like that was like at a was he uh, giving the speech at graduation? That's what it sounded like. I think it was after he won a certain game number yeah. or something like that. I think it was at Assembly Hall, um, and, and then there was that. So here's one about Michael Jordan. I told you this story yesterday on the air. 
The kid is just an absolutely uh, great kid. If I were going to pick uh, the three or four best athletes I've ever seen play basketball, he'd be one of them. I think he's the best athlete I've ever seen play basketball, bar none. If I were going to pick people with the best ability I'd ever seen play the game, he'd be one of them. If I were going to pick the best competitors that I'd ever seen play, he'd be one of them. So in the categories of competitiveness, ability, uh, skill, and then uh, athletic ability, uh, he's the best athlete, he's one of the best competitors, he's one of the most skilled players. And, and that, to me, makes him the best basketball player that I've ever seen play. That was in 1984, before Michael Jordan had ever played in the NBA. Was that when they were they were the uh, the dream team? Is that was no? That was that was not the dream team. No. That was the '84 Olympic team. Okay, the, so, that's what I mean. Yes. That, that was the Olympic. That was, that's when Michael was just drafted, and he, after he came out as a junior. So well, he I, obviously knew knew how to evaluate talent. Yes, yes. yes. How about that? That he had known that in 1984 before playing an NBA game. This is my favorite Jordan story. This, this you may have heard, it's made the rounds, it's a few minutes. I don't know if you've heard this. Have is you? this the one about setting what yeah, was yeah, the yeah, screens? Yeah, 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 take a listen. But you, I think, have got to really be a flexible leader. If and and let, me, to- let me pause this. This is about when he coached Jordan at the Olympics right. as well. So he's telling, he's telling now a, a theater full of people a story about coaching Michael Jordan at the Olympics. But you, I think, have got to really be a flexible leader if you're going to be an effective leader. I walked into the locker room after the first half of our game with Spain in 1984 for the gold medal. We're ahead by 29 points. We've played basketball as well as the game can be played. Michael Jordan has played 12 minutes out of the 20. He has 11 rebounds, 9 assists, and 19 points in 12 minutes. In my opinion, there's nobody that's ever played anything that can compare to Michael Jordan with the possible exception of Jack Nicklaus and Babe Ruth. Michael Jordan is just the best there ever was at what he does by a considerable margin. So I'm walking across the floor with this 29-point lead as I look at the scoreboard, and I'm a great believer in the best three minutes of the game for us has got to be the first three minutes of the second half. But what the hell am I going to say? Hey, we got to get better. We're 29 points ahead. we got to win by 59. These kids are going to be a little bit satisfied with themselves. They know how well they play. And when I get to the locker room, I still haven't come up with an answer. I open the door, and the first guy I see is Jordan sitting in front of his locker. Idea light flashes. I say to myself, I'm going to get on Jordan's ass a little bit. And everybody else is going to say, God, if he's upset with Jordan, how's he feel about me? 12 minutes, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. And I have the stat sheet in my hand, and I walk over in front of Jordan. And I look down at him and I say, Mike, when the hell are you going to set a screen? We got four guys out there screening when you're in the game, screening to get you open, screening to get each other open. Haven't seen you set a screen yet. The only way I get all five guys screening, Mike, is to get you the hell out of the game. Now, when are you going to set a screen? All you've been doing so far, 
Simon is rebounding, passing, and scoring. You need to scream, Mike. Now, Jordan, you've all seen the grin. I mean, it's the greatest grin in the world. Doesn't quite use all of his grin in this circumstance. But he looked up at me and he grins a little bit and he says, Coach, didn't I see last week where you said I was the quickest player you'd ever been around? I said, Mike, what the hell has that got to do with you screening? Coach, I think I'm setting them quicker than you can see them out there. <laughs> flexible enough to look at Jordan and say, then God, slow him down a little bit so I can see him. Such a great story. That, that and the way great. he told that story, fantastic. It was great. It was so, great. Bob Knight, we lost a uh, bigger than life legend, really. Yep. Um, incredible. And a very, as, as Greeny explained earlier today, you know, very complex man. No doubt. Not for everybody, for sure. But uh, as accomplished a college basketball coach as we've seen in our lifetime, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Um, and him and Coach K, the way they came up, uh, and then they had a huge falling out. I know. Were uh, they at Army together? Is that where they were? Yes. Didn't Coach K coach him? I thought so. And uh, no, I thought the night coached, night coached coach. I mean, K. Co I mean, yeah. night coach, yeah. coach K. Yeah, yes. night coach. Yeah, yes. right. And then, army, I believe. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. And then, and then they had a huge falling out recently. Um, there was a lot of jealousy about it, and Coach K, I think, finally had enough. They're very complex. Yeah. There, there, were, there was a lot of pettiness. There. Yeah, I think Coach Knight had been sick for quite some time yes. too. So I don't know. Dan Dockage told some good stories on social media yesterday. Yeah. He was his uh, assistant coach, and he played for him, obviously. Um, but some some interesting stuff I wanted to play for you right there. All right, today is the uh, Cubs anniversary, seven year anniversary. We've got some stuff, and then we'll take more of your phone calls. It's all coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. We were not supposed to leave. And now, it's time for a trip to the past. I don't understand how we back in time. Come on, I really gotta be the says it. Must be some kind of hot tub time machine. Oh, no, no, no. Not a hot tub time machine. I'll be back. It's a hot take time machine. Well, more accurately, travel back in time. We can't travel into the future. When we go back and examine what the hell was being talked about and said. <laughs> that was the day I invented time travel. It's time for the ESPN Chicago Hot Take Time Machine. We have to go back, Kate. Presented by Waddle and Sylvie. We have to go back. I said, baby, 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 you're out of All right, uh, it's part of Hot Take Time Machine. Today, you want to read the tweet first, or do you want to play the? Uh... Yeah, let's read the tweet first. Okay. So, actually, Waddle is uh, making a rare tweet appearance in this one. Oh. Uh, Tracy Butler tags both of you and said, "Expect rain to be getting closer to the Cleveland area after 10 p.m." Waddle says, "How about the temps? Got to get my wardrobe put together correctly." 
Tracy Butler says a fall through 60s. And then Sylvie, of course, goes, and the rain can start around 10, light, heavy. And the rest is just about history. That's right. That's a great call. Little did we know how much of an effect the rain would would make on Game 7, November 2nd. Yeah. Uh, 2016 at just about that time, uh, game time temperature was about what 72 degrees on this yes, day. It was unbelievably warm for the dates, and then and then the rains came, and I was so frustrated because I thought we'd be there forever. Then only to hold off the inevitable loss after they had blown that lead, um, but it was a 17 minute rain delay. Never seen anything like it, and that's exactly what. Jason Hayward needed to get the speech going. Jason's told us that speech. He was in studio telling us about that. And yes, as as Charlie just said, the rest is history. And on this night, seven years ago, 108 years in the making, Kevin, it finally happened. That's in the air to center. Back at the Zobrist, and the lead is two. It's three to one. Lester, here's a flat ball into right center. Back at the wall, off the bat of Baez. Four to one. Bryant taking off. Here's a shot into right by Rizzo. Bryant's going to come around. The throw by Chisenhart. Now Kevnis. Another run. Bryant's safe, and it's five to one. Loss flies one into center. Sends Davis back. The wall is gone. The 39-year-old in his final game, David Ross, has made it 6-3. Drive in the left. The wall is gone. Tie game. Davis. 6-6. Zobrist. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs, win the World Series! Bryant makes the play! It's over! And the Cubs have finally won it all! 8-7-10! As you always say, it's uh, the best sporting event you've ever been to. No question. It was the most exciting thing I've, I've ever seen. When Rajay Davis hit that home run, the whole place was vibrating. And then you could just feel the energy in the building. And then when things shifted. And then to be there for the 17-minute rain delay, and we all looked at each other and go, really? Are they going to pull the, the tarp out? And the next thing you know, 17 minutes later, it was done. 
the the emotions that were coursing through the veins of diehard Cub fans like yourself. It was the it was Rajay cool to watch. Davis home run still puts a pit in my stomach. Yeah, it still makes me feel something. And then hearing them win it still makes me. And fit. then Carm calming your nerves with yeah. whoever it was that finally came up to the plate for the last out. Who was the guy? Michael, uh, what is it? I always Michael Martinez. Mar- Michael Martinez. Don't worry, Sylvie. Can't hit. Yeah. Can't hit. It was cool as hell. It was the whole thing. Wasn't it the night before we, we sat in the bar with, with, with Tom Ricketts? With Tom Ricketts. And After- we asked him about how... You know, nervous he was, and he was like, no, I'm not nervous. Yeah, he was like, it's Game 7 of the yeah. World Series. How yeah. great is this? Yeah. He was drinking vodka sodas. Yeah. Um, and they won in a rout in Game 6. And remember, Joe always said he regretted how long he kept Chapman in in that Game 6. Yeah. And then the wear and tear showed up in Game 7. But as someone in Twitch put it, that he kept the Cubs somehow, some way after giving up the lead, he still got you through another inning and uh, kept the rig from totally falling off the road. Yeah. It was the coolest, like, and we got to see a lot of it. And then to see you get hammered on flight home. Oh, yeah. Well, I've only been on a private jet twice in my life. That was one of them. That was my, my one and only and, time. And that jet was, like, not your, just, like, that was so a luxurious private jet. And we had a ground halt. And yes. I just drank uh, Tito's and soda. That was we, such the a Tito's cool experience. Guy, yeah. yes. uh, on, on and the, then when we got home, we had to host the Erlacher show yes. at Ditka's. And I was still hammered. Uh, Southside, uh, Sean, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Sean? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I, I wanted to call in and uh, speak to you guys about something that uh, it, it, it kind of hit me with the trade of Sweat um, when we used the uh, second-round pick. A year ago, Ryan Poles... Um, for his evaluation of Justin Fields, he used a second-round pick to get Chase Claypool. Didn't work out that great, but he used a second-round pick during the course of the season to do it. And then he went on and, you know, add other pieces for Justin. This year, I believe the tables have turned a little bit because, personally, I believe he's already made his decision about Justin. But now I think he's making a decision about his coaching staff. And he's looking at this chorus defense. And, uh, you know, for the last year and a half. And he's saying, okay, I'm going to give you uh, a stud defensive lineman. I'm going to give you a defensive end that's going to rush the passer. Now, show me what you can do with it. I'm also going to give you uh, Bajan, uh, who, um, after he took over for uh, Justin, when Justin got hurt, Bajan said that uh, during this interview, he said that he was familiar with the offense because what is similar to what he played in college. So we're giving you Bajan to play a few games to see if he um, does better than what you say Justin is not doing. So I believe this is the evaluation from polls of Flutes. Hmm. And we'll see at the end of this year what happens. But those second-round picks being used mid-season, I think that's what's going on. First it was Justin last year, this year's Flutes. Well, there's no doubt that the addition of Montez Sweat will help them. Um, I think that addition was made not just to evaluate Flus, but to also help them for years to come. That better be the case. Um, you can still evaluate people in their positions even when things aren't ideal. Right, right. You could still tell. Yeah. Bears Weekly with more Bears conversation with Joniak and Thayer coming up next. Then Black and Abdallah from 7 till 8. We're back tomorrow coming up at 2. 
And uh, we appreciate Kevin and Charlie for their help today. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Thursday night.